Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. If I can use Angie and enjoy it, so can you. Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides to tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Hi, everyone. Joe Andrew Napolitano here with Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. The uh, intrepid Scott Ritter uh, returns to our cameras and microphones. Scott, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I, I think you uh, recently made the observation that you are beginning to see cracks in the cohesion of the Ukrainian military which, of course, if your observation is correct, is very, very bad for the Ukraine and for the West. But what causes you to come to that conclusion? Well, I mean, the the, the critical factor for the Ukrainians, as in any military, is their ability to retain uh, maintain um, a, a consistent line or presence on the uh, line of contact. Uh, so you need troops who are trained, equipped, prepared to occupy positions that can tie into the left and to the right. So that there is a a solid line of control, span of control over this uh, this this line of contact with the Russians. But as this war has progressed, Ukraine has taken casualty after casualty after casualty, um, and they have run out of units to maintain this. And so, what you're starting to see is, especially since a great deal of effort has been put into uh, the ongoing counteroffensive near the village of Robotino in Zaporizhia, that uh, units have been pulled out of the northern area in the area of Kupiansk. Uh, and so there are gaps there uh, and the Russians are starting to exploit those gaps. And as that happens, the Ukrainians have to pull troops out of other places and it just becomes basically robbing Peter to pay Paul, but eventually there's nothing left to rob and these gaps are gonna come bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're gonna see the Russians being able to, um, to just sustain the pressure and push the Ukrainians back. And so that's what I'm talking about. Uh, are decisions like this being made by uh, Ukrainian senior military command or by uh, NATO officers? Well, I mean, ultimately, the chain of command is a Ukrainian chain of command. So, of course, the brigades, brigade commanders aren't going to respond to orders from NATO. But the Ukrainian commanders receive their instructions from their civilian authority, the president, defense minister, and they're being pressured by NATO. So there's a lot of pressure being put on Ukraine to maintain this offensive in Robotino. Look, it's a disastrous offensive. It has failed. It is causing them tens of thousands of casualties, 
Hundreds of uh, you know tanks and armored fighting vehicles have been destroyed. It's it's destroying their ability to um, you know remain as a viable combat force on the field, and yet they're being pressured by um, by by NATO to continue this uh, this, this attack. I only know of uh, two sources uh, which claim that the uh, Ukrainians have breached breached not just approached but breached the first of the three uh, Russian defensive lines. One is the Wall Street Journal, which based its reporting, continued and repeated reporting on one source. Uh, The other is uh, our uh, friend, Matt Van Dyke, who uh, I interviewed this morning, will play some of what he said for you uh, in a minute. Are you still confident in your conclusion that no matter what kind of a news blackout the Ukrainians have imposed, uh, on the state of battle from your sources, you are comfortable in saying that the Ukrainians have not breached and not even approached the first of those three uh, rings of Russian defenses. Well, we're talking about when you speak about the the, the first defensive line, we're talking about a, a a string of concrete barriers called dragon's teeth. They, they're basically giant concrete blocks that are designed to impede the movement of armored fighting vehicles and tanks. Um, right. And I'm confident that the Ukrainians have not put a tank across uh, the the dragon's teeth. But let's be very clear here. The way the Russians built this defense, according to the doctrine of the man who wrote it, uh, that is Lieutenant General Alexander Romanchuk, the Ukrainians were supposed to, according to the Russians, the way the Russians planned this, they were supposed to have pushed to Robotino, taken the village, been compelled by the high ground to pivot to the right, and move towards the village of uh, Verbovnoyo, uh, which would require, require them to close with the first line of defense, the dragon's teeth, breach the first line of defense, and head to the second line of defense. This is what the Russians envisioned happening, and it right. should have happened within the first month of the counteroffensive. So, you know, so first of all, whatever the Ukrainians are doing right now is happening because the Russians want it to happen. This is the defensive doctrine. Second of all, we are now in September, and I'm not a, you know, my math isn't great, but let's say June, July, August, September, we're into the fourth month of this counteroffensive, and they're now only beginning to accomplish what the Russians thought they should have accomplished by the end of the first month. They are behind schedule, they've run out of troops, run out of equipment. This is not a success. I don't care how you spin it. Russian defense is always based upon mobile defense and flexible defense. They're not going to recreate the Alamo. And uh, so when the Russians pull back, let the Ukrainians come in and kill the Ukrainians, that's what the plan's been all along. But I will tell you this, there are no tanks beyond the dragon's teeth. Could the Ukrainians have put some reconnaissance troops across this concrete barrier, gone across, taken a selfie, and then come back? Sure. That's not control of territory. Um, the, the, the Ukrainians have not breached the first line of defense. That's absolute certainty. What is the view in the American military of an American civilian who joins a foreign military? I'm speaking of Matt Van Dyke, whom we interviewed uh, this morning, who appeared uh, on air in a Ukraine, born in the U.S., very much American, uh, appeared on air in a Ukraine military uniform uh, and was preparing for battle. We agreed not to reveal where he was. Uh, when we interviewed him, and we we stuck by that agreement. Look, with very few exceptions, and those exceptions, I think, would be uh, Israel, um, would be the United Kingdom, um, 
maybe Canada, uh, Australia, but again, just a handful of, of nations. Generally speaking, when you as an American citizen um, go to a foreign country and uh, take an oath of allegiance to that country, which you have to do to become a member of their armed forces, you must swear allegiance. Your commander in chief is no longer the president of the United States. It's the authority, the executive authority of that nation. Uh, you've betrayed your nation. What should happen by law is your citizenship should be revoked. You should lose your American passport and your citizenship should be revoked because you're no longer functioning as an American citizen. Now, I know the United States has turned a blind eye to volunteers going over there fighting in volunteer units, et cetera. But uh, to put on a uniform, to wear the Ukrainian flag, to take an oath to Ukraine, you're basically saying you're not an American anymore. And that's the view of me and a view of a whole bunch of people that I used to uh, serve with. Uh, you your oath is to the Constitution of the United States of America. Your allegiance is to the United States of America. That's it. When you put on the uniform of another country, you ain't an American anymore. Watch um, uh, Matt Van Dyke's answer when I asked him if he is prepared to die for Ukraine. Are you willing to give your life for the Ukraine cause, Matthew Van Dyke? Yes, I'm going to give my life for the cause of liberty. Uh, that's for Ukraine and for anybody else that's that's fighting an aggressor or fighting for liberty in an oppressive state. Uh, I wouldn't have signed up if I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice. What would you say to him having heard that? Well, you're not fighting for liberty, Matthew. Um, you're not as an American. Uh, don't don't equate the a government that uh, idolizes Stepan Bandera and the odious ideology of banderism, which is a direct link to Nazi Germany, um, responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of Jews, hundreds of thousands of Poles. Uh, it's a butcherous uh, history that Ukraine is building its, uh, its modern identity on, and, and you're fighting in defense of that. Uh, you disgrace, you're a disgrace to America. You're a disgrace to the cause of liberty. Uh, you disgust me. While I don't wish you harm, let me put it this way, Matt, and I'll be as blunt as possible. You want to die for Ukraine? The Russians are going to give you every opportunity to accomplish your task. Uh, I asked him if, ask if Ukraine uh, has the ability to resist Russia without Western aid. His answer surprised me. Without the United States, uh, the Ukrainians have no ability whatsoever to resist the Russians. Agree or disagree? I agree that without American and Western support, there is no ability to really liberate the lands that Russia holds. But to resist Russians, I mean, Russia invaded in 2014 initially, and Ukraine resisted since then. So it changed the nature of the conflict. It goes certainly more guerrilla than conventional. But the will to fight is still very strong here in Ukraine certainly would change the course of the war and our expectations if we lost all Western support suddenly. If Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis became president, both of whom have said they'll stop the war in 24 hours, what becomes of you and your buddies? We keep fighting. But isn't it a hopeless cause without American support? Without American support, Russia would probably try to to seize more territory within Ukraine and would be on the defense. Uh, we could do it, but it, it would definitely result in much higher casualties and prolong this conflict indefinitely. You know, like you, Scott, I don't wish them uh, ill, but, but this is insane, the attitude uh, that they have. Without American support, how long could Ukraine last? The answer is that Ukraine can't last. And I, I just draw attention to um, the, the nature of a statement. We. 
we. He's made common cause with Ukraine. He identifies as a Ukrainian now. So I need we think we need to stop talking about this guy as an American citizen, as an American who somebody shares our values. Uh, he's gone over to the other side. That's his choice. Uh, you know, he has the right to do that. But um, he's not an American anymore. He's not defending America. He's fighting for another country. And I have to say that that country stands for something in its current formulation that is despicable. But because uh, the neocons that run the American foreign policy establishment, he's not going to be prosecuted. It's not like he went over to the uh, Taliban during the Afghan war. Uh, theoretically, he's, he's gone over to another country, but it's a country that's a vassal state of the United States of America at the present time. Well, we'll see how things stand. Um, as, as you've indicated, Judge, there's an election coming up and there may be a uh, sea change in the um, attitude of the executive. And as the attitude of the executive goes, so does the willingness of the judiciary to enforce American laws. And let's be clear about this. Matthew Van Dyke is in violation of an entire slew of an American laws. And when he comes back, he should be arrested and prosecuted and put in prison for a very long time. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Here's uh, Secretary of State Blinken. This is either uh, yesterday or today. I think it's today. Uh, arguing that the Ukraine military has made, hard for me to say this, Scott, real offensive progress. In the years since I was last here, Ukraine has taken back more than 50% of the territory that Russia uh, has seized from it since February of 2022. In the current counteroffensive, we are seeing real progress over the last few weeks. Uh, as it happens, President Zelensky just returned from the front line, so I was able to hear directly from him his assessment uh, of the counteroffensive. And I think it very much matches our own, which is, as I said, real progress in, in recent weeks. That was yesterday. Well, first of all, it just exposes just how empty of a suit uh, Tony Blinken is. Um, notice what he said. He, first of all, he says they've recaptured 50% of the territory. Uh, first of all, this counteroffensive hasn't done that. Um, the 50% that he's talking about consists of territory that, A, Russia voluntarily withdrew from in March of 2022 around Kiev, Sumy, elsewhere, and the territory that the Ukrainians were able to retake in their counteroffensive of the fall of 2022. But the current counteroffensive, which the United States has invested everything into, has made very little progress. And Zelensky didn't go to the front lines. He went close to the front lines. He had a, a, a you know, a, a 
grip and grin uh, greeting with some soldiers and then he came back. He can't report on the reality of the front line. Uh, if Tony Blinken wants to go to the front line. Uh, he can go. I invite him to go to Robotino where he claims these successes are. He'll die. I invite him to take a, a, a trip up to the right to go to Verbino. He'll die. He can go near Bakhmut. He'll die. Blinken gets anywhere near the front line. He'll die because that's what happens to Ukrainian soldiers who get near the front line. They die. The fact that Matthew Van Dyke is still alive tells me speaks volumes. He hasn't been anywhere near the front line. If he gets near the front line, he's a dead man because that's the fate of Ukrainian soldiers that seek to close with and engage with Russian troops in this current battlefield. The Ukrainians have no ability to impose their will. Any advances made by the Ukrainians are because they are walking into a trap set by the Russians, and the casualty figures bear this out. Uh, another statement by uh, Secretary Blinken, even more outrageous than the one we just uh, showed, says that uh, Ukrainian Ukraine is a force for the future and is go growing stronger every day. You, you got to take this with a grain of salt, but here's what he said. It's critically important that we and many other countries that uh, have agreed to do the same help Ukraine build a force for the future, a military force for the future that is capable of deterring future aggression and, if necessary, uh, defending and, and defeating it. We now have 29 countries that have signed on to a declaration issued by the G7 uh, at the end of the NATO summit uh, that is focused on doing just that, helping Ukraine build this force future. And we need President Putin to understand that he cannot outlast Ukraine, he cannot outlast Ukraine's supporters, that Ukraine is actually going to grow stronger and even more effective uh, with a military force that is world-class, uh, but also a strong and vibrant economy and a strong and vibrant uh, democracy. Well, this is uh, neocon ideology on steroids. Ukraine is going to grow stronger and Putin's going to grow weaker. Yeah, I mean, um, look, he went to McDonald's and maybe the uh, fat content in the food has caused a little disruption in his uh, cognitive capabilities, but there's no relation to reality, anything he said there. The military he speaks of today is in the process of a desperate final mobilization where they're sweeping up 16-year-old boys and 60-year-old men. This is uh, the equivalent of what Nazi Germany did in its final months where they created the Volkssturm, People's Army. They brought in the young kids, the old men, they gave them very little training. They sent them the front lines and the end result was universal. They were slaughtered or they surrendered. They didn't have any meaningful impact on the battlefield. This war is over. The Ukrainian force that you're talking about building is finished. Uh, the Ukrainian army is, it, it is gutted. So is the Ukrainian economy. Uh, Blinken is basically presiding over the death of a nation. And if he continues to live in this fantasy land that he's occupied, um, that is the ultimate result for Ukraine. This nation is being destroyed. It's being destroyed because the United States doesn't have the courage to confront reality. You know, he says that uh, Putin can't outlast. Well, here's another news tip, Tony Blinken. Putin outlasted Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, <laughs> Donald Trump, and he'll last out. Joe Biden, he'll out outlast you. Um, the Americans have not been able to come up with a solution to their Putin problem. Uh, Putin is prevailing. Uh, he's going to win in Ukraine. Um, and he's going to outlast Joe Biden. He'll outlast whatever president comes after Joe Biden, because in the case of Ukraine, especially, Russia's on the right side of history. America is not. And it shames me in America to say that. Uh, why was the uh, Russian or why was the Ukrainian uh, 
a defense minister sacked at such a, a critical time in the war? Because he's one of the singularly most corrupt individuals in all of Ukraine. He's been stealing uh, tens of millions of dollars uh, you know, from the aid that is, according to Seymour Hersh, the number may be as high as $400 million uh, oh. that he's stolen. Um, you know, one of the things he's done is he, he manages the food contracts. Look at the quality of the food that the Ukrainians get. Somebody opened up one of the packets. And it's basically uh, three bags of crackers and a little tin of cheese. That's it. That's what the Ukrainian soldier gets is his, uh, is his ration pack. The Russians, on the other hand, get, you know, meat, cheese, everything, all that kind of stuff. This is because he took money that's supposed to give the Ukrainians an equivalent ration pack to that of the Russians, but he pocketed that money and he gives them garbage. He's a corrupt individual. Uh, instead of they're, instead, they're sending him off to be the ambassador of the United Kingdom, where he'll continue the corruption, continue the practice of enriching himself um, and, and never pay a price. But this is a man who literally should be um, arrested, tried and given the ultimate punishment for betraying uh, the Ukrainian military. He is responsible for these deaths that are taking place. And, um, you know, he, he should be condemned by everybody, especially in the United States, where we're supposed to be against corruption. We're supposed to be against this sort of thing. But willingly allow William Burns flew to Ukraine. That's to the tell, director, right? That's right. To tell the, the president, he didn't say stop the corruption. He just said, don't steal so much. You're stealing so much that we can't ignore it. Don't take 400 million. Try taking only 200 million. I mean, this brings us back to the effort by Congressman Thomas Massey in the House and Senator Rand Paul in the Senate uh, to install an inspector general, which means a full team of uh, people watching and monitoring equipment and cash as it's arriving in Ukraine. Neither of those proposals, which were identical, were permitted to come to the floor of the House or the Senate for a vote. Standing next to Tony Blinken when he made those comments, we don't have the clip, uh, was the Ukrainian foreign minister who said in English shortly after uh, Secretary Blinken spoke, criticizing the slow pace of the counteroffensive is tantamount to spitting in the face of Ukraine soldiers. I'm beginning to think that he said that for domestic political consumption because there must be domestic political recognition of the fact that the offensive has failed. There's no doubt about that, but he's also saying it for the benefit of Western reporters, uh, because he's seen uh, more and more Western reporters from the United Kingdom, from the United States, from Germany, people who have a solid track record of uh, regurgitating Ukrainian propaganda points, uh, and they can no longer remain silent about the reality of the battlefield. And so these, these reporters are starting to report accurately or at least more accurately about how difficult things are and uh, he's he's offended by this because truth hurts especially when you're the one responsible for you know trying to cover up the truth with a bodyguard of lies and that's been Kuleba's job as the chief uh, diplomat of, of Ukraine to lie on behalf of Zelensky and the defense minister and everybody else and let's just remember too he is a corrupt individual as well he enriches himself with U.S. taxpayer dollars um, and I will also, one last observation here, for every American veteran out there, whether you're a veteran of Vietnam, Korea, prior to that, a few surviving World War II veterans, uh, the, the Gulf War veterans, the Desert Storm, or the veterans of the, uh, the global war on terrorism, understand this, your care sucks because the repeated administrations have failed to fund the VA adequately. You've paid a price because America has decided you're not worthy of the investment. 
But while you suffer, understand this, Tony Blinken just promised to provide the Ukrainian government with adequate funding to give adequate support to their veterans. So we're willing to take care of Ukrainians who have been injured in the line of duty supporting Ukraine, but we're turning our backs again and again and again on American veterans, veterans, and that disgusts me as well. Thank you, Scott. No matter how uh, bad the news is, thank you for your uh, clarity uh, and your insight uh, and your courage. Much appreciated. Thank you. Well, if you like what you saw, and I suspect you do, like, subscribe, tell a friend, help us uh, spread the word. Our goal is 250,000 subscriptions by Christmas time. We're knocking on the door of 200,000, so we'll get there. Professor Jeffrey Sachs, an expert on how all this started and how we got to where we are at 4 o'clock today Eastern. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.